the little girl started talking in the back seat and the mom realized she recognized the story. And she looked back and it gives me chills right now to think about it. The little girl was reading the book. This is the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. We are excited that you're here today. We are here to provide you with inspiration, education, and lots and lots of support raising your children with dyslexia. I can't wait to share conversations with you about parenting children with dyslexia. I'm your host, Nicole Holcomb, a mom just like you raising a daughter with dyslexia. This is the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. All right, today we have a special guest with us, and I'm honored and excited for you to hear from her today, uh, Kyle Bice. She is a uh, becoming a dear friend and a great uh, person to go to for knowledge, and um, she is going to share some valuable information with you today that I think you really are going to enjoy. And so I'll just jump right in. Kyle, thank you so much for being on the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast. I'm so honored that you're here today. Thank you, Nicole. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And let's just start with uh, giving our audience uh, a little introduction as to what your current position is and how you got involved with this wonderful world of dyslexia. Certainly. Um, I am currently the admissions director at Grace Point School. We are a full immersion school for dyslexic learners. Um, Previous to coming to Grace Point, I had been in admissions, but in a mainstream school. Um, I was very aware of Grace Point as um, whenever I had students that had dyslexia, I always referred them over to to Grace Point. And I also knew the former admissions director through network group that we belonged to together. Um, She was getting ready to take on a new role at Grace Point and asked me if I would consider um, looking at Grace Point and coming in as the admissions director. And so I had an opportunity to visit the school, um, immediately fell in love with the students and the staff and just the energy and the family feel of our school. So I have been here um, going into my fourth year at Grace Point. And what a wonderful opportunity it is, too, to work with families on the front line as far as when they're first coming in. And I would imagine, as I can recall, first coming into a school, that anxiety being so high and just really not really knowing what to expect. So that's got to be a unique part of your job, too, being able to work with families even very early on as they are still exploring their options. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's actually my, my favorite part of the whole admissions process is when I first have that initial meeting with families. Um, as you know, there's so many emotions that go into this. And um, a lot of times the families come and they're, they're, they're feeling sad and um, f- feel like maybe their dreams for their child have suddenly been shattered. And of course, nothing could be further from the truth. But um, I'm there to kind of guide them through that initial part of the journey and and to let them know that there's hope and um, their child is not broken. They are a dyslexic learner, just just a different type of learner. So I think that's the favorite part of my job is being able to share about Grace Point and letting them know that there is hope for the journey. And, And I love that part because that's one of the things I really want to focus in on in the podcast is you know, from a positive perspective of hope, and although it is difficult decisions that 
families are having to make that is it, it's just one part of the puzzle, but it's not the end of the story, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's the beginning of what you and I know to be a beautiful journey. Um, but I know that in, in the very beginning of the journey, it can seem daunting. And I'm just grateful to be able to, to um, share success stories and to help people find the right school for their child. Exactly. Before we talk a little bit more about Grace Point and about immersion and what that looks like, for some of our listeners that may not be as familiar or maybe they're just starting to learn more about dyslexia, can you explain a little bit to them as they hear all these different uh, programs or approaches? You know, you may hear Wilson, you may hear OG is what a lot of people say for Orton-Gillingham. You may hear even other programs. There's lots of different things out there. Uh, what makes Orton Gillingham different and why did, you know, Grace Point choose that as an approach? So Orton Gillingham, or as we refer to it in the dyslexia world, OG, is an approach, as you said. Um, it's a multisensory, kinesthetic, very sequential, very prescriptive approach. A dyslexic child needs that, that very structured, phonics-based program to help them break the code, so to speak. Um, and so we not only use that Orton-Gillingham approach in reading, we use that throughout the day, which is what makes us a full immersion school rather than an accommodation school. So when your child is dyslexic, they will struggle sometimes in math if there's word problems or, um, you know, they're still going to need that OG approach even in science and social studies. For it. So it's a full immersion, the full eight hours of a day. That's great. That was a great segue too, as well. So as people hear the word, uh, you know, I think you said multisensory or what did you say? Multisensory and kinesthetic. Mm-hmm. What would that look like for somebody? Like, could you give an example? Sure. Um, so we have found, and what Orton-Gillingham approach has found, that when students use manipulatives or touch pads or um, movement-based learning, that they retain the information much better. Now, I will say this works beautifully for the dyslexic learner. It also works beautifully for any other kind of learner. I'm a firm believer that all schools should use this approach. Um, so it looks uh, different in a classroom. You'll see little bumpy pads when we're getting ready to sound out blends. Um, you will see us get up in our chairs and, and, um, and during our reading class, we are very movement based. So it's just a very different approach than a standard classroom. Okay. And let's talk a little bit more about, let's dig a little bit more into the immersion part of it. So mm-hmm. what, you know, I think you, you mentioned earlier a few, a few seconds ago about, you know, a, more of a program within a school, but how does that immersion at Grace Point, like you said, all day long, they're in that immersion program as opposed to a private or independent school that might just have a reading program within its school so for families that are really trying to figure out what is the best direction to go, can you talk a little bit about what it looks, how it looks different, I guess, if that makes sense? Right. So at Grace Point, we are a remediation model with a full immersion approach. Some schools, as you mentioned, are a school within a school. Um, they will do what's 
more of a pull-out method. So say that you are needing a little extra support in reading or in math, you will leave your standard classroom and go into a smaller classroom. So they call that a pull-out. Um, you'll see that a lot in a public school setting with, with the IEP. They, um, they will be pulled out of their classroom. And that works well for some children. Um, one of the things that parents say that they don't like about that is certain children um, do not respond well to that pull out or that exclusion. Um, and a lot of those are dyslexic children. The reason being, they are very, very smart and they are very aware that they have a learning difference. And so pulling them out only magnifies that to them. So what we do at Grace Point is we are a school of nothing but dyslexic learners. And we all identify as being dyslexic and we celebrate it as a gift. And we use that full immersion Orton-Gillingham all throughout the day to reinforce their learning style. Right. And how, so how would a parent know you said that, you know, obviously different learners have different kind of prescriptions of what they need. How would a parent know if an immersion program would be best for their child? Well, I mean, I think every child is unique and I think only a parent truly knows their child best. Um, what I mentioned just earlier, some children do not mind being pulled out of a classroom and others um become very sensitive to that. They tend to shut down. It affects their self-esteem. So I think that when they come to Grace Point and they identify with the other kids and they realize they're among their own peers, it makes not only a difference in the way they learn, but also in the holistic approach to the child, their self-esteem and um, just the way they feel about themselves, which we know is so important. It's not just about remediating that reading. It's about drawing out those gifts and letting them know that the sky is the limit for what they want to do. They, they could be the next Walt Disney. <laughs> right. And I think that's so important too. Our daughter attends an immersion school and she feels so comfortable because she knows everyone around her is dyslexic. She can openly be herself. The teachers have open conversations about that and about how that is a gift. And so do you see that as an advantage as well? I do. I do. And um, of course, I believe in the full immersion model over a school within a school. Having said that, um, in Atlanta, we are very blessed to have many different models here. So it does give the parent the choice. And ultimately, I think you have to go with your gut. But when you're, I mean, I hate to bring up the money, but when you're spending any kind of money that um, private schools entail, I would go for the most bang for my buck, so to speak. Right. And then too, I think one of the things we looked at was also you know, was it going to really provide her what she needed where we didn't have to do a lot of after school? So we had we had school to go to and then we had speech in the afternoons and then some days we had remediation tutoring in the afternoon and we just kept layering and layering it. And before we moved into an immersion school, we were even told we weren't doing enough and our daughter was already exhausted. And so we really, we really were looking at, like you said, bang for your buck, but also 
how can it best address her needs where she's not exhausted all the time? She can have some kind of life as a, you know, a second and a third grader going into fourth grade now. You know, she's able to do some things that she enjoys too. And so that was one of the things that we looked at. You know, we looked at some of the emergent schools is because they they did have the opportunity to really embrace and give her what she needed the whole school day. It wasn't like we're just going to get 45 minutes after school twice a week. Correct. Correct. And, and you bring up a very good point. So thank you for, for bringing that up, Nicole. Um, when a child goes to a full immersion school, that should be their entire educational experience. There's, there will be no tutoring after school. There should be no speech um, therapy after school. A full immersion school will offer um, what the child needs during the day. And whether that's bringing in a speech therapist into the school or um, so, we, we encompass everything that they need during the, the school day. And that, and so they can be a kid when they go home. Right, because it is, um, I think I heard someone say before that um, at my daughter's school, you know, is that they work so hard during the day. Their little minds work so hard and they're up moving all day. And so that was the biggest transition for us the first year was school was an hour longer than where she had been. And I guess it sounds kind of weird to say, but she was mentally exhausted because she really had given it 110%. And she wanted to, she was excited about it, but it, it really does, it's a different way of learning. And so they have to get used to that as well, I think, as they go into an immersion program. Yeah, I agree. Our kids do give us 110% throughout the day. And it's very important for us that when they go home, that they have that family time again. Before they come to Grace Point, I hear about, you know, homework taking three to four hours and their family time is, you know, the child's crying, the mom's crying. And um, it's, it's nice to be in a full immersion school where the child works very hard for us during the day and then gets to play equally hard once they get home. Right, exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about, so when a student, we can talk really specifically about Grace Point, but as a student or as a family looks at an immersion program, maybe specifically even at a school like your, your school, is that a school where we would come in and we would just stay until I think your school goes to eighth grade? Or can you talk to them a little bit about how that looks? And you might not be able to speak to other schools, but would a student come in, let's say in second grade and stay till eighth grade? Or what would a parent expect there as far as the length of time? Yeah, um, so we are a remediation model, as I said, we go from first through eighth grade. And um, depending on the child's journey, of course, each one is unique. Our goal is to remediate them fully and then get them uh, prepared to go back out to whether private or public school of their choice. As far as time frames, you know, it's, I have to speak in such generalities because I don't have that child in front of me. But we use the Orton-Gillingham sequence, and it's our desire that they get through the entire sequence and be fully um, confident and remediated before they leave. So on average, um, on average four years, but it, every child is unique. So, but if they're coming in first, I'm probably not going to see them in eighth grade, unfortunately. <laughs> well, and let's talk a little bit about that because one of the pieces I think I, re I remember from your school as well as the going through that scope and sequence and having that, that piece done, there's also a pretty big emphasis put on advocacy, right? Self-advocacy for the student. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, it's very important that these kids become self-advocates for themselves. 
in the beginning of the journey, the mom is the self-advocate and the dad. Um, but as they go through Grace Point, we want to give them the tools that they need when they leave us. Um, we remediate dyslexia. We do not cure it. There is no cure for dyslexia. So the most, one of the most important things we do with our kids is for them to find their voice, meaning that when they go on to that next educational setting, they can say, I am dyslexic. I need these accommodations. I need extra time for a test. I need speech to text. I need um, the teacher's notes. So they find their voice and they are very confident in asking for what they need. Right, exactly. And it's so important. I think it's, it's, it's interesting and exciting to see when students are able to do that because, I mean, as we get them ready for, you know, higher ed and, and out in the, in the workforce, you know, we've got to be able to do that. So I think that's such a, an important skill. Nate, mm -hmm. that's a go about Unfortunately, the student that may come in early elementary doesn't necessarily always get the benefit of going all the way through eighth grade because they're ready. They've gone through the sequence and they're ready to move on. But one of the things I noticed about Grace Point that I thought was really, um, I, I can't say unique because some schools offer it, but one of the things I think also is very interesting that I'd love for parents to hear a little bit about is that the school also offers a morphology class and also offers some of the morphology lessons even in the younger grades before uh, they have an opportunity to take that course. So could you share with, with parents what morphology is and why that's an important piece of the remediation that y'all do at Grace Point? Sure. Um, morphology is one of the things that I believe separates or sets us apart from other uh, dyslexic schools in the Atlanta area. We um, morphology is the the study of the prefixes, suffixes, and roots. It's the the smallest meaning, breaking down words into the smallest meaning, the morphemes. Um, so when Angie Strack founded the school um, in 2012, she had a couple kids that had moved through the sequence pretty quickly. And then she went on to um, start this morphology program for once they got done with the sequence. Well, what we found out is that even our little first graders can start to break down words once they have the, the prefixes and the suffixes. And they start to build their vocabulary even in the first and second grades. And why that's important, Nicole, is when you think about um, how do we how do we build our vocabulary? We we read, right. and if you're a dyslexic learner and you're not reading yet, you're you're a little bit behind on that. So what it allows them to do is take these words and break them down, and it empowers them to to understand words that they previously would not understand. Um, so say trajectory, they may be able to break down that word and then realize that it, they, they will see it in math. They may see it in science. And um, it's just a great benefit to our kids. And we've seen uh, um, their vocabulary scores go way up on our standardized testing. And more than anything, I think it just empowers them because a lot of times they will know words that you and I don't even know. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of the cherry on the top, so to speak. Fascinating with morphology. It's very interesting. It's, again, one of the things that we should be teaching everywhere. It's, it's everywhere, great. everywhere. Um, having said that, I don't think we've talked about this, but I just know this to be the, the, the fact at Grace Point. But with, you know, some of the 
maybe other schools or even other schools that may have programs within a school. I think one of the things that makes Grace Point unique that I noticed was that all of your teachers are trained how? So all of our teachers are OG trained and they're, that is a very expensive process. What is exciting in the public realm is they are starting to train some of their teachers um, K through two, those formative years. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the shift that we're making in Georgia, which is, which is wonderful. But um, yes, it's, it's, all of our teachers have different levels of Orton-Gillingham training and they're always seeking the, the next level. So it's a very tried and true approach. Many schools in the area use it. Again, I'm thrilled that the public school is starting to recognize it. It is wonderful. So with with that, though, that also lends some flexibility for you as well, though, because as you're breaking your students down in reading groups, that everything mm-hmm. is on deck. So you're able to have what smaller groups as, as far as when you're working with students on their specific reading each day? Yes. So our school looks very different. And then what drives the bus for us is our reading groups are limited to five. And it really depends on where you are, what skill set you are in that Orton-Gillingham sequence. So for instance, I could have a second and a third grader in the same reading group. It is not grade level driven. It is very prescriptive and it's, ex- it's prescriptive to the child and the needs and the skill sub- skill set that they are on. Some of my reading groups are as small as one and two. And when I tell people that, especially public school parents, you know, you can just see their eyes just get very wide. Um, my homeroom classes only have eight, which is again, very, very um, small. So our teachers know these kids very, very well. They know what level they are in reading and in math, and they are very relational with these kids. And I think that's the beauty of that family at Grace Point. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with all of that. That makes such a difference when it's a smaller setting and they can get what they need, not only during the day, but also that prescriptiveness and that one-on-one and really, you know, because we all know that, or maybe we don't all know this, but relationships are so important for kids and they're going to work so hard for someone when they have that relationship and they know that teacher is on their side. So it's nice when they have those, those smaller groups and they're able to really get to know their teachers. I do want to give you a kudos though, because I have seen and and know just because I'm in the area as well uh, here in Atlanta, that y'all had a pretty big uh, announcement last year that was really exciting. I believe y'all received accreditation from the Academy of Orton-Gillingham Practitioners and Educators. And that is, we'll give you a clap. Woo, that Thank is- you. Thank you. Yeah, I, w- I would have brought that up if you didn't, but it's, it's much better coming from you. Thank you. I'm just so excited for you. Can you tell the audience a little bit about what that means? Because there's, there's not lots of schools, right? I mean, about how many schools are accredited? Yeah, I think we are one of 16 or possibly one of 17 in the country now. So they came that some of the practitioners from the Orton Gillingham came and observed our teachers over a couple days, basically watched our practices, interacted with our kids. And it was a very, very big deal. Um, We're very proud of that. My teachers are amazing. Um, They work extremely hard for these kids. Several of our teachers have dyslexic children. There's definitely that empathy that they they have. They've been and walked this journey. And I think that makes all the difference when you truly understand the dyslexic mind. 
And, and I think too, I, I believe I heard you say earlier, which is amazing because the school was founded in, in 2012. And Correct. so have accreditation talks to the, the quality of education and your educators. So that's, that's amazing. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Our staff and our teachers work tirelessly for these kids, but um, there's, there's just, a, it's, it's so rewarding to see them when they, when they are making progress and especially when they get their wings and are ready to fly, it's kind of mixed emotions for us. Right. I, I can imagine. Uh, as we talk about, you know, a few minutes ago, we talked about, you know, it's just, you're in that unique position again to really see a lot of emotion from families. You probably, unfortunately for you, are, are probably one of the people that have to break bad news sometimes for families that aren't a good fit. But as you know, as as you know, moms are listening to the podcast and, and trying to think about what's best for their children. I know you said it's very prescriptive, but is there any advice you would give to a parent, let's say, who will be starting school at Grace Point in the fall? What are some things that sets them up to be successful? I mean, as far as, you know, maybe practices at home or outlooks or mindsets, what are some things that as, as we, this is being recorded obviously in July, but as families are starting to gear up for the school year, whether it's at Grace Point or another immersion school, if they choose to go that way, you know, how can I set myself up for success and my child up for success? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, one of the things that when we are interviewing um, parents and, and learning more about the needs of their child and, and whether we can meet those needs, it's very important that our parents understand that this is a partnership. We, we need to know what's going on with your child and we will be in open communication with you throughout the year. Our um, teachers are, are constantly in communication with you. So I think that partnership is, is, utmost importance. Um, the other thing that I would say, um, especially for new parents coming in, they're so excited and they're so eager to see um, change in their child quickly. And I just want to say that you need to trust the process. Um, it can take time. And as I said, every child's unique. So please, what I, what I encourage them to do is don't compare your journey with anybody else's. Um, each child is unique. Each child brings different gifts to the table, and they are all going to end um, fully remediated. So just enjoy the journey and enjoy watching your, you know, your little butterfly come out of their cocoon, as I like to say. That's wonderful. And, and what, a, what a great, you didn't know this going in, but what a wonderful transition to my, to my next question, which is, you know, what's been your most memorable uh, story? Uh, maybe it could be a student success story, or maybe it's something one of the students said to you, but do you have a, a memorable story of a, a dyslexic student that you'd like to share with us? No, yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny, Nicole, because a lot of times it's like parenting. You know, we don't get to see we don't always get to see our successes until after they're, they're, they've flown the coop, right? right. Um, but this particular story was from a, a mom um, about her daughter. And this little girl just kind of tugged at my heart. She, had, um, she loved books, just like all of our kids love books, but they have difficulty reading. She bought, her, the mom bought the little girl a book that she wanted from a book fair. And she carried this book around everywhere. She would bring it with her to school. She'd bring it in the car. And she she would always look through the book, but she couldn't read it. And of course, she would have her mom read the book 
endlessly and tirelessly. And one day that, I don't know where they were driving to, it could have been school, but the little girl started talking in the back seat and the mom realized she recognized the story and she looked back and it gives me chills right now to think about it. The little girl was reading the book and the mom is very, very much like I'm getting right now. The mom, you know, just had tears in her eyes as she's trying to drive down the road. So those are the kind of stories that we like to hear, you know, know that your child will be fully remediated and they will move on from that initial diagnosis of dyslexia, but um, enjoy the journey because there's a lot of gifts that come with it. Right. Absolutely. That I think that's the best way to describe it. And, and like you said, I, I, one of the things I think we talked about earlier too was, you know, that we're not curing, but we're remediating. But I think that's also one of the beautiful things about dyslexia is students can be remediated and be so very successful. And, and many are, you know, like you said, Walt Disney, there's so many, and we could spend a whole episode talking about all the success stories, not only students that we've seen, but also, you know, people that are in the media as far as very successful people. But um, I just think that that gives so much hope. And I think, like you said, it's just, to see, to see our kids become those beautiful butterflies is just, it, it's just what we're doing. And if we can remember that, then the days where it's difficult, you know, we just know it's just one day at a time. So right. I, to thank you so much for all your wisdom today. If someone was interested in Grace Point or wanted to touch base with you, uh, what would be the best way someone could get in touch with you? Yeah, the the best way is um, actually just to go on our website at um, gracepointschool.org or they can uh, reach me directly at 678-756-8897. And I'm always happy just to take a phone call and answer any questions and um, would love to share the story of Grace Point with them. We appreciate your time today and so uh, so honored to have you on our podcast again and, and to be part of the conversation. And thank you for all the work that you do for so many children and so many families. And thank you for being, you know, so supportive in everything that you do in the community. Uh, and I know the teachers appreciate having you in their corner as well. So, you know, big, big thank you as well for that. Well, thank you, Nicole. It's been such a pleasure. And Again, I'm just so excited that this podcast is here and I'm, I'm so proud of what you've done. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. And also, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast. I'll be adding new podcasts every Monday and throwing in some bonuses along the way. And so if you're not subscribed, I don't want you to miss out on that one episode. So wherever you listen to your podcast, go ahead and subscribe and leave us a review. I would love to hear what you think about the show. Take care and I'll be back on Monday with lots of good interviews and information for you. Take care.